So much of Jesus' ministry happens around the Sea of Galilee, which is the setting, of course, for our gospel today, that I thought it might be good to just spend a moment speaking about the significance of that sea. It's a freshwater body about 12 miles long and uh, 6 miles wide, and it sits 700 feet below sea level, and it is surrounded by very high hills or mountains. Visually, it's one of the most stunning sights on the face of the earth. Fishing was and still a very important industry upon this lake. And because of the great difference between the air that is high above the mountains surrounding it and the air that is well below sea level, this can cause sudden and violent storms upon this lake at a moment's notice. Once when I was upon the sea myself, that very thing happened. It just comes out of nowhere. Looking down upon the sea from above, when you're up in the mountains above it, um, it actually does resemble a harp. So another name for it, as we heard, is Lake Gennesareth. The name comes from the Hebrew word Gennar, which means little harp. Some of Jesus' most significant and dramatic miracles took place upon the sea. He calmed the sea when a squall had, squall had blown up upon it when his disciples were out there. You might recall that. He walked upon the very waters of this sea. A very dramatic post-resurrection account also happened on the shores of the sea when he met his disciples there, had breakfast with them early in the morning. He walked upon the shores of the sea over and over again throughout his ministry. So Jesus uses this most appropriate setting in the Sea of Galilee um, to call his disciples today, but also to teach all of us for all ages the lesson of what it means to be a disciple. For all of us who are in the pews here this morning, we are all called to be a disciple. We are in what we might call the bark of Peter. You are in what is called the nave of the church. The nave means the navy, the bark, the bark. So it is from the get-go today a story about a call. A call to Peter and his brother James and John. And right from the very beginning, there's lots of questions. How could these men leave everything? Their jobs, their families, their entire way of life to follow a carpenter who only said a few words to them. It's an account, when you really think about it, rouses lots of curiosity. And are those same demands going to be made upon me if I say yes to the Lord? Peter said, we've been hard at work all night long and have come up with nothing. Those are the words of a weary man. And who here hasn't experienced weariness after a long week of work? And sometimes feeling when you're doing this that you're just spinning your wheels and not going anywhere at all. Where is this all taking me. 
but a willingness to follow Jesus, which Peter was willing to do, to follow the command of Jesus in that moment when you don't know where you're going, to lower into the deep, then allowed for the miracle to unfold. That metaphor of the fish and the nets is a rich one that you can mine. Peter and his companions could hardly bring up all of the fish. They were overwhelmed. And Jesus uses this experience that they had to teach them his first lesson because they're going to see these nets metaphorically be filled in all kinds of different ways as they follow Jesus. So many people, the crowds of all kinds of people following them, following Jesus. And so it is today. It is the same. You know, look at our Holy Father, Pope Francis. The crowds yearning, hungering for the Word of God all over the world. The disciples did not choose Jesus. They did not go up to Jesus and say, we want to be your followers. We want to be your fishermen. No, it's always the Master who chooses us. And of course, it's up to us to respond, if indeed we do respond. And Jesus' call is like many calls. It's appealing but it's also a bit confusing. Think of the angel who spoke to Mary at the Annunciation. She had no idea what was going to happen after it happened. Jesus asks his disciples to assent to something that's very mysterious. It always involves an act of faith. This is what makes being a follower, responding to the call, so exciting. You know, it's not like having a, a ticket to the Super Bowl, okay, tonight. You had a ticket, you know it's gonna you know where you're going. You know what you're gonna be doing. But that's not that's not like responding to the call of Jesus. You don't know. You don't know. As the gospel says today, they brought their nets to the shore, they left everything and they followed him. Now here's the question. How could that be? They probably were not poor people. Fishing probably on this sea was a very profitable trade. They were married. They had families. They had people who were dependent upon them. It must have been difficult. Again, the nets is a good image of their lives. Their lives were entangled. They were brothers. They were involved in a, in a good trade, a good trade. But again, the stage may have been set in ways that we do not quite understand or realize. Just the way God sets the stage in our lives as well. Preparing us, preparing to enter in our lives just at the right moment, at the right time to make the invitation. Why did they say yes? Go back to that question. They may have heard about Jesus 
before he had even set forth in their town. Remember last week, the gospel last week? Um, Jesus' own family had rejected him. He was already working. He was already at work. So word about him had, had already spread. He may have already been on the scene longer than we realize in Capernaum. And they were just, just waiting. His personality probably was so magnetic that it's swept away any doubt or fear. Think of people like um, a Blessed Mother Teresa who's going to be canonized this September. Think of all of her followers that came to follow her. Or Pope Francis. Or maybe even think of someone who's not religious. Think of some of our, our political figures, you know, when they run for office. Young people will leave everything. They'll leave their jobs and everything to work, to work on these campaigns with the hope maybe that they might get a job in their, in their office someday if they get elected. It's amazing what people will do. Holiness. We meet someone who is holy. Speaks to something that's very deep within us. Part that we maybe don't always understand. We're tra attracted to it. Another thing might have been that they were just ready. Jesus entered their lives and they were ready for something new. It was the right was the right moment in Greek. Greek speaks about two different kind of moments in time. There's this chronological time, tick-tock time. You know, we're here in church this morning, and tonight we're going to watch the Super Bowl. You know, different moments of this day. But then there's Kairos time, another kind of time. Kairos time. This is the right or the opportune time for these fishermen. This was their Kairos moment. Over the years, I have met numerous people who've had this kind of like this, this restlessness in their lives. And then something happens, something happens. Something happens in their lives and they go on and they have this change because it's, it's the Kairos moment. And they change. There are many ways of being called. Many people think that, that being called means hearing voices or that you have to have this knock-me-off spiritual kind of experience. But oftentimes it can be more subtle. Maybe having a strong desire or, or an impulse to do something different. We can be sure of this. God calls us to be the people that God wants us to be. God gives us these unique talents and gifts in our lives wants us to be this. Sometimes we can get stuck and entangled. And then all of a sudden we can be maybe watching something on TV, a documentary. Or maybe we might go on one of our mission trips here in our parish, like to Cranks Creek or down to the uh, Christmas outreach in Scioto County. Something, somewhere, touches us. So we need to listen carefully to these calls in our lives and not become so entangled in our daily lives. We pray today that we can be open and attentive to hear God's voice. Be attentive and ready. This week begins the season of Lent, Ash Wednesday. It's a good time to listen closely to God's voice. God is speaking to us. I should like to close with this little prayer. I pray that I may live to fish 
until my dying day. And when it comes to my last cast, then I most humbly pray, when in the Lord's great landing net, and peacefully asleep, that in His mercy I be judged, big enough to keep. Amen.